0: In the yeah, it is. on everybody knows it. I think it's Richard Millet. 12K, 15. 150. 150.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna breeze past the 10 mini Damn! You so on price, Island. Um, it's
0: almost 20 million.
1: If there is one topic that the fight community loves to talk about almost as much as fighting itself, it's money. Promoters, media fans, and of course the fighters themselves all have wide ranging opinions on matters of how much fighters should or shouldn't be paid and why. But we're not here to give opinions today, we're here to look at the realities of getting paid to fight in a cage. What do fighters really make? How does it get allocated to the rest of the team after a purse comes in? How hard is it to manage your life when you might only get paid two or three times a year? We reached out to an expert to give us the rundown and i promise you you will never look at fighter pay the same after this video is over i'm tommy from mma on point a massive thank you to our channel hall of famers and i want to know how much do fighters really make the thing about fighter pay is that everyone is an expert when you hop on social media everyone knows exactly how it all works the problem with finding a reliable source on this is the fighters themselves technically can't go into specifics about their pay per their contracts promoters of course have their own interests that might conflict with what they tell You about how their fighters are paid, and a large group of MMA fans trust the media about as much as Alex Jones does. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! So, some really great pieces on the topic often go on deaf ears. As for me, the only thing I'm an expert in is how to do terrible Diaz brothers impressions for a decade. So, we reached out to Chris Hanna, your favorite fighter's money guy. Chris went viral on TikTok in August when he ran down a client's most recent UFC purse and just where that money goes after the fight. With a Bachelor's of Science in Finance and Economics, the Level 1 Chartered Financial Analyst exam under his belt, and internships on Wall Street, Chris would already be infinitely more qualified to discuss fighter pay than most who like to discuss this topic.
0: Cocaine and hookers, my friend.
1: But what makes him uniquely qualified is that he actually manages money for UFC fighters. Many of them are his clients. And so if there's anybody that can talk to us about what exactly that's like without actually being a fighter themselves, it would be Chris. But first, we need to talk about the structure of fighter pay, specifically in the UFC, because let's be honest, that's what you're interested in. Let's start with the very basics. Fighters are paid on a per fight basis. Each fight, there is a potential to earn what is called show and win money. The show money is for, you guessed it, showing up in the cage. And, the win money is yep for winning. These are usually split 50-50, so if you lose, you're only getting half of what you could have potentially earned, a system that was designed to incentivize fighters to give their best possible performances, as if being locked in a cage with someone who is trying to make you sleep wouldn't be motivation enough. But notably important about this system for our purposes today is that it can make the pay you're bringing in fluctuate massively. There are some exceptions for the top stars, but that's not true for the vast majority of fighters. But generally speaking, fighters are going to be following that win-show split, and the amount is already written into their contract for however many fights they're contracted to compete in, with some having clauses for increases in win-show money if they win consistently. The only other guaranteed money if you at least make it into the cage would be the bonus a fighter receives from the UFC's clothing sponsor, the lowest tier makes 4000 per fight, and the highest is champions at 42000 Then there are of course performance bonuses. If you have the fight of the night or the best submission or knockout determined by the UFC, you earn an additional $50,000. These bonuses are sometimes more than that on rare occasions. Fight of the night, Burgos versus Barbosa. Performance of the nights were Christos and Oliveira. They all won $75,000, so congratulations to them. And it is possible to stack a fight of the night on top of a bonus for a finish. Then there are what is referred to as locker room bonuses. These can sometimes be clauses written into a fighter's contract for various stipulations, such as earning a finish or as we learned from the discovery phase of the UFC antitrust lawsuit, conversations between the UFC's top brass on who should have a bit of extra money thrown their way after a card. These bonuses are completely discretionary and not in any way standardized for all fighters, so they're pretty hard to account for, which is probably one of the reasons the UFC likes to bring them up whenever the topic of fighter pay is in dispute. And then finally, at the very top of the card, champions of course are paid more for being champions, but there is no standard for that either, and there are pay-per-view point bonuses for some headliners, meaning they will get an agreed-upon percentage of the overall revenue for an event's pay-per-view sales. But for the vast majority of fighters who will ever compete in the UFC, it's show money, win money, the sponsored fight gear payout, and then potentially a performance or locker room bonus. As you can imagine, based on how volatile this system is, you could show up on fight night, lose, and walk away with whatever bonus you got from Venom and just your show money, which might not be as stressful if you're making 500k to show, but it's tougher when it's 30k, and keep in mind it gets a lot lower than that in terms of fighter pay, and that's because all that money isn't just going into the fighter's pocket, which is probably the hardest concept for most fans to understand. They see even a lower-tier UFC fighter making 30k to show and think, well, that's more than half of what I made in a year, and I have to work 40-plus hours a week. If they fight twice, they should be plenty comfortable. But there's a major difference, and that is the expenses that come with being a fighter, something Chris breaks down beautifully in his viral TikTok.
0: Next, he's got to pay his managers and coaches. His manager gets 10% of show plus win money, so none of his bonuses. His striking BJJ and strength coaches each get about 3.5% and his nutritionist gets 1.5. Again, only of show plus win money. His money guy, that's me, is a flat 1,000. Fighters get their flight and hotel covered, but they have to cover their team's flight and hotel. This was about two grand.
1: Now, those percentages are not concrete for every fighter. As Chris pointed out to me in our interview, some may have, for example, a BJJ coach that doubles as their wrestling coach, or they don't have the budget for a strength coach, etc. And on the other side of things, a fighter might have a much larger team than the example from the TikTok. Not to mention the percentages can fluctuate quite a bit. It
0: really fluxes some. I mean, some managers charge 15 or 20%, believe it or not.
1: So a fighter is looking at anywhere from 20 to 30% of their guaranteed money going immediately to their team after the fight. Let's create a fighter to give you some perspective on this. While it came out recently from the antitrust suit that the median pay for a fighter from 2011 to 2016 was 29. dollars gross, let's make some adjustments considering inflation over time and other factors like where our debuting UFC fighter was in their career before they signed and generously put them debuting at 30 and 30 win show. So 60k per bout if they win, if not, that's half. Our fighter is making their UFC debut. Unfortunately, the fight was a dud and they lost, so they're only going to be getting their 30,000 to show plus 4Gs from Venom, so 34k. Let's just say they're on the high end of expenses because they're Manager takes more money, so right out of the gate, as soon as the purse gets added to their bank account, they're going to need to take out ten thousand two hundred dollars and pay their team, leaving them with twenty three thousand eight hundred. But taking care of the squad that got you to the cage isn't the only major expense. Uncle Sam is going to get their cut too. Fighters have to set aside and pay
0: their own taxes. We estimate roughly thirty three percent.
1: Keep in mind, Chris's clients are making two hundred fifty k a year, generally speaking, or more, and so that thirty three percent would actually be a bit lower for our thirty and thirty. Fighter, considering they wouldn't reach as high a tax bracket, so they'd be given a bit of a break.
0: And that's of his pre-tax profit, not his total earnings.
1: And this is the part that I think most regular folks don't quite understand, because most people have a job where they're an employee. But fighters are independent contractors.
0: Your average tax rate is going to be higher as a solo, as an independent contractor. Everyone pays a payroll tax. If you're a W-2 employee, you're paying Social Security and Medicare. As a W-2 employee, you're paying about seven and a half percent, and your employer is paying seven and a half percent. As an independent contractor or you know solo or business owner, you're paying that full 15%.
1: Well, that sucks, right? In other words, you're going to need to add a CPA to the team of people getting a cut of your purse, unless you want to tackle setting up and maintaining an S-Corp on your own, which I'm not going to get into the weeds on here. So with all that in mind, let's return to our theoretical 30 and 30 fighter. Let's go ahead and assume they don't have a CPA or an S-Corp, so they'll be paying the full rate. We can also assume that they're going to have at least one more fight on the year, at least they hope. So they're going to need to set aside $5,200, to make sure they can cover their taxes, which leaves them with 18600 from the fight. But of course, there are plenty of other costs to consider. It's not just the government and your manager. Let's go back to Chris's viral TikTok.
0: Now, his number one priority is to make this money last at least six months. He's planning to fight again before that, but fighters know anything can happen. Injuries, missing weight, failing drug tests, you never know. So we fill out all his monthly expenses to figure out exactly how much it costs him to live every month. That's a little over 3500 so times six months means he he needs to set aside 22K.
1: Ah, that's right, the cost of living. You have to eat, you have to live somewhere. Those two are like the bare minimum, right? And if you don't have someone like Chris laying it all out for you, those costs can creep up fast and your budget can dwindle to nothing. For example, our theoretical fighter. Now, considering they're making a lot less than Chris's fighter per year, it's expected that they're going to be spending a lot less on pretty much everything. They probably have a roommate, they're doing their best to make that money work for them. And while it could be more, let's assume their monthly living expenses are $2,000. So if our fighter is going to make that money work for six months like Chris's, that will leave them with $6,600 of wiggle room for anything else that might come up during that time period. $30k down to $6,600. That's what a fighter ends up with after everything. But let's say our hypothetical fighter was able to get booked before they ran out of cash. What a relief, right? But who is to say that fight even happens? Fights fall apart all the time. What if your opponent has to drop out? That's not even in your control. What if you get What if not only you miss the fight, but you're laid up for six to nine months or more? In MMA, if you don't fight, you don't get paid, which further complicates things. How many people are ready for that length of time without any money coming in? And none of this is factoring in huge costs that just pop up in life all the time. Things that can't be accounted for, like medical bills, for things that happen outside of fight night itself. Your kid needs braces, the car breaks down, or you could do what
0: a lot of people do. I mean, some of these fighters and just people in general, you got a lot of debt and you just are drowning in it. So when a fight comes around, and sometimes because of that layoff, You're accumulating, or fighters will be accumulating credit card debt because they haven't gotten paid. So they're living on credit cards leading up to the fight, expecting that they're going to make some money and pay it off.
1: Maxing out credit cards and just paying back the minimum as interest accumulates isn't exactly ideal, is it? We have seen fighters in debt.
0: I feel like I should not be needed uh, to borrow money for my training camp. At some point, I'm going to go after those money.
1: We have seen fighters with side jobs. These things are realities. There's obviously a higher echelon, of fighter that does Doesn't have these struggles, but that certainly doesn't mean they don't have other things to consider with their money. While we explored a fictional 30 and 30 fighter, which is a solid example of what it might be like earning a yearly living as a UFC fighter, with all the costs that come along with it, keep in mind that a lot of fighters have started out with contracts as low as 12 and 12. Much harder to manage. On the other end of the spectrum, of course, there are fighters who are making three times as much as Chris's client just stepping into the cage. That said, when you look at something like the NFL League minimum, which is 750 50,000. it does put some things into perspective. Now, yes, football is way bigger than MMA, and some of those individual franchises are worth more than the UFC itself, but when you consider the revenue brought in and the basement and ceiling of earners in both sports, it is not unreasonable to think a UFC fighter could be making 50 and 50 at the lowest, which would make fighting full-time and managing their money, as we demonstrated in this video, a lot easier. And obviously, there is a lot of room to make some serious money at the top of the sport, but as this video shows, both the getting of the money and the spending of it can be a lot more complicated than fans probably think. Now, having someone like Chris would be a huge help, I'm sure, but he generally only works with clients making 250 k or more a year. And so, to wrap up our interview, I asked him what advice he would give to any fighter, whether he has them as a client or not, about money.
0: You just have to look at the numbers. You just have to have the numbers right out in front of you, which is what most people do not do. What they do is they try and scrape by, you know, that money sits in one account. When a bill comes along, they pay it whether you're making 15 and 15 or you know 200 and 200 you should be putting those numbers out in front of you and that way you can actually be strategic you can decide what to do with your money when you have a bird's eye view of your finances where you are and where you're trying to go don't spend money that you don't have like that money is not yours until you step foot in that cage and i have heard horror stories about people just saying you know i'm gonna get paid so i'm gonna buy this or buy this Uh, you know and then the fight falls through and you're just shit out of luck.
1: I mean, that's just solid advice for anybody right there. Hopefully this look at the structure of fighter pay and the impact of not knowing whether you're going to get half the money you could have on a single night has helped you to understand just how difficult it is to manage money as a fighter with the unique expenses that come with training, the complications presented by their taxes as independent contractors, and the challenge of making sure the money they do earn, which I cannot emphasize enough, can fluctuate wildly, lasts long enough until the next time they get into the cage. A massive thank you to Chris Hanna. Follow his TikTok and Instagram. The guy makes some awesome content, and if I were a fighter, I would drop the dude a message. A massive thanks to the editor of this video as well, Luke Taylor. He really makes these unique essay videos pop. Please show him some love online too. And the biggest thank you to our channel champions for all their support. You guys are amazing. If you want to be amazing too, hit the join button, but liking and subscribing would be awesome too. What did you learn about Fighter 5? finances that you didn't know before. What else do you want to know? Sound off in the comments, and thank you so much for watching, everybody. I will see you again real soon.